This is Young PR Pros, episode 59. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Young PR Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Simpson in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. So, Julia, you stumbled upon a really interesting article uh, on the Huffington Post, was it? Yes, it was. It was Well, it was on Twitter, which directed me to the Huffington Post, and we were just talking before we started recording about how the Huffington Post has some awesome articles and some awesome content, but it also has some more <laughs> trashy content. So when you look up the article I'm about to mention... Um, you know, you may try, see some interesting yeah, stuff on the side. Just, just ignore <laughs> that stuff. But um, anyways, moving on. Um, the article is called 10 Ways the Job Search Has Changed. And it's from uh, July 3rd. And it was written by uh, Joshua Waldman. And uh, it, it, it struck a chord with me. And the reason that I clicked on it um, was because I'm very aware of how, you know, our parents searched for a job versus how we search for jobs today. Mm-hmm. And it is actually completely different. It's not, it's no way similar. I mean, we've talked about cold calling. We've talked about, you know, letters. We've talked about, you know, all the things that really don't even exist in the job search world anymore. So I thought it would be really great for um, the young PR pro listeners um, to, you know, maybe take a walk down memory lane a little bit, but also to look at the way we should be doing things now, which may not be traditional. And one of the things that I wanted to mention, though, so the the, art, the article's title, you know, talking about how um, the way that you search for a job is completely different, and I do agree with that, but I think that the fundamentals of searching for a job hasn't changed from back when my mother started to search for a job or my grandfather was searching for a job. Um, the fundamentals of, you know, don't lie in your interview, um, make sure that you research the company, um, you know, those sort of fundamentals haven't changed. However, I find that the way you go about searching for a job yeah. and the approach of it has completely changed and, and you know the, the the points that the the article uh, brings up has some really really uh, um, interesting tips and you know kind of a little pat on a young PR approach um, back right now as I was going through these a lot of the points that you're going to read in this article uh, we've done whole episodes on them so it's you know nice to know that young PR pros is forward thinking right absolutely <laughs> The first point that I wanted to mention is uh, they say Google has replaced the resume. Recruiters are now using Google and LinkedIn searches to find talent instead of paying for job boards or talent um, based uh, organizations. So instead of putting their job on, uh, you know, uh, for a job line is something that we mentioned a couple or last week or last week's episode. So instead of putting something on a job board, um, people are going directly to Google and LinkedIn to, to search for candidates. And one of the things that, you know, my suggestion, if you write a blog and you use your name as the URL, it makes it really, really easy for Google to actually index uh, index you and then put you on the first page. So if you have a website, um, make sure that it is your full name so that this way if someone types it in, obviously Google's going to look for any website that has that full name in it. Um, and then if it's a blog and you're constantly updating it, Google rewards websites that are constantly updated. Yeah, and I think SEO is important and Googling yourself and seeing what comes up yep. and you know what people are going to find is... Uh 
you know, really important. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. The point that I wanted to raise, which I thought, you know, it, they, they put it in an interesting way. Um, and Christine and I have talked about this many times is that relationships come first and resumes come second, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's an interesting way of saying it, but w- what they mean to say is that, um, resumes are not how you, the first way or the introductory way that you get jobs these days. It's all about who you know. And when someone asks for your resume, um, if you already know them, it's often um, a secondary step. Like it's a formality that they have to go through to see your resume and to review your resume and to share your resume with their colleagues. Um, But it's really about who you know and if they like you and if they believe in you and your, you know, authenticity and your skills and your experience and what they know about you. Your resume also is not as detailed nowadays as your online presence and I think it was Molly Magasco our former co-host that used to um, reference how her LinkedIn is 10 times more detailed than her actual hard copy um, resume Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I thought that was interesting and this is my very favorite part of this entire article but there's a they have a block here that says shift your priorities from I have to get my resume done today to where can I meet some work people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that in a nutshell is the most important thing about the job search. It's all about who you know. If you don't know people, yeah, you got to have a good resume, but you just got to meet more people. You got to network. And I think that also goes to show the difference of um, um, hunting for a job today than what it used to be. For example, when my um, grandfather graduated from university, he had a PhD and he had people knocking on his door so that he could work for them. Nowadays, it's kind of changed and it's less about the candidate and more about the organization. So it's what the organization needs. It's not about you. So when you're searching for a job, kind of keep that in mind that it's it's not about you and the only way that you're going to find a place that you can actually um, get a job is if you meet people and you find out what their business needs are. When you find out what those needs are, then you can be the candidate that provides the need for them. So kind of, you know, put it into perspective. Yes, it's about you in the sense that you want to find a job, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not about the candidate. It's about the the organization and what they need at that particular point. And their success, yeah. 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 Uh, one of the other points that I really liked was uh, the, the the author suggested that you suggested that you should write a summary of your work history, um, and how the summary of your work history is enough, and it's more important than you know um, you know listing off all your job uh, all your all your jobs and what you did in every single job and the length of the job, because um, there are so many candidates nowadays competing for each job, and as we said in a couple episodes ago, every year there's between two and three thousand PR graduates that are coming up. Of school so that's quite a bit of people coming out and graduating so it's a little bit more it's getting more competitive every year and people who are hiring are scanning resumes and we've talked about this before so make sure I mean not only does this make sure that you have to be clear brief concise but this also is such a huge reminder that your resume has to be tailored if you put just a blanket of resumes out there that are not tailored um, if someone skims through them and doesn't see any keywords or doesn't see anything again they don't see you responding to the business need of their company they're going to just take your resume and it's going to go into the no pile and go right down the trash so it's got to be tailored and you've got to make sure that you it's clear and concise and it addresses the uh, business need i agree um the one that i uh 
the, the other only other point that I really wanted to raise and thought would be interesting was number seven, and it says that work gaps aren't big problems. And I thought this was really interesting because I actually was raised um, with the idea that, you know, everything that you do, you know, has to be back to back, um, you know, on the on the type of the type of jobs that you want to have. So, for example, you know, you should go from marketing job to marketing job to marketing job. There should be nothing in between because if there's something in between, that means you couldn't get a job and we don't want you. Yeah. Um, and things are very different now. Employers will look at breaks as being almost like a sabbatical, like a time where you were maybe creative, trying out something new, mm-hmm. going back to school, um, you know, focusing on your family. Um, they don't see it as you know, bad anymore or as a neg- neg- negative aspect of your resume. They also understand that, you know, in today's climate, people do get laid off, mm-hmm. um, especially where I come from in the journalism world. Um, you know, the quality of a reporter is, you know, not, their work history is not indicative of how good of a reporter they are a lot of the time. Um, and I th- also think that it should be noted that um, employers also don't care if you jump around um in different fields of work as much anymore. For example, I my background is in journalism. I worked as a journalist for quite some time. Then I delved into marketing a little bit. Then I went back to journalism. Then I did some communications. Then I did a little bit of event planning. And now I'm back in marketing. And all the interviews that I've had and the people that I've spoken to find that interesting as opposed to a turnoff. They say you're a jack of all trades. You can do a lot of things. You've had a lot of experiences um, they don't say, oh, you're not focused and you're not a specialist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the idea of a specialist is, is um, not needed as much in organization. There are certain industries, like if you're going to be a scientist or if you're going to be an engineer, right. you may need to be a specialist. But in our industry, um, being able to have a little bit of experience in different fields or different areas. So even even if it's jumping from association to corporate to agency, you know, having that sort of background. Means you're versatile. Yeah, it means you're versatile, means you've got those different experiences behind your belt. And um, uh, I know a lot of employers uh, like to see, uh, um, even if you've been working in different countries or different provinces or different cities, showing that um, versatility um, really helps. So if you find that your resume, now this doesn't, you know, give you, uh, you don't have to now start running off and then jumping from job to job every six months and then traveling across Canada. If you want to do that, you know, go ahead. Um, but if you find that your resume is like that, I don't think it's anything to fear. I think you use that to your advantage and you talk to you talk to uh, potential employers by saying, you know, yes, I may have jumped around a lot, but if you look, I've got all these great like all these great um, experiences that I'm able to apply to your business need, and this is how I'd be able to help you. So you can you can use that variety of a background um, to your advantage. I yeah, I agree with you. Like if I was a lawyer, and then a doctor, and then hmm. a marketer, maybe that would look confusing, but. Like but you said. know what? I don't even think it may look that confusing. If you were a lawyer and then a doctor, and then you went into marketing and you were doing marketing for like the Canadian You'd Medical be like, wow, Association, she's really smart. <laughs> yeah, they would be like, "Wow, you know every." You would actually know like the business behind it. So um, I don't even think that that's because I mean, if you look at my background, I started off in linguistics, which is mm-hmm. you know a fancy word for being able to translate from bunch of different languages but what I was able to get from that from those four years when I was in university and the little stint of translation um, was the ability to be 
fluently bilingual and um, being able to switch between two languages, which is very beneficial for me in my job. Um, and then also the ability to learn of different um, cultures, which hasn't quite, um, you know, directly applied to my current position, but who knows, it might apply to a future position where I need to be able to communicate among different cultures. So again, whatever you have in your past, the great thing about our industry is the more versatile and the more adaptable you are, the better candidate you are. So having a whole bunch of stuff under your belt and a whole bunch of experience in different backgrounds is not a negative thing, not like it used to be. Um, the last point that I want to make is uh, social proof is a must, uh, number three in this article. So social proof, the testimonials, endorsements, and recommendations of your abilities that appear on social networks um, are, you know, will really help um, uh, help you as a candidate. Now, I just want to, the, she does, uh, or sorry, the, the, the author does mention, if you don't have many endorsements and recommendations in your LinkedIn profile, get some before looking for a job. Just want to caution on those. I personally am not a huge fan of the endorsements on LinkedIn because I find that anyone can just click on it and you don't necessarily need any real proof for someone to click on, you know, yes, this person is, is good at public relations or yes, this person is good at social media or, or whatever. And when you log on to social media, uh, when you log on to LinkedIn, it shows you four different of your connections and says, are these people good at this and this and this? And yes, I understand that, you know, fine, you know, peer endorsement is, this is a form of social peer endorsements. Um, but just because you've got a whole bunch of endorsements on your LinkedIn profile doesn't necessarily constitute as proof that you're a good communicator or a, a good marketer. Um, I would pair those endorsements with, um, you know, actual proof of real work. And one of the things that I did in my last interview to get my current job uh, is I brought, I did a, a Pinterest um, board kind of resume and a whole bunch of my pins were examples of work that had actually succeeded or, or was successful. And um, I used endorsements from my previous employer to be able to say, yes, she did a really good job on this project. And then I brought that to my interview. So it's not just an endorsement on LinkedIn or, you know, a social endorsement, but it's also an, a physical endorsement from my previous employer saying, yes, she did a good job on this project and we were able to be successful because here were the outcomes of it and here were the measurable outcomes of it. Um, and then I also uh, brought in, you know, a real life printed letter from my, my uh, from one of my, my mentors that you know, a letter of recommendation. You remember those, you know, paper things that you, you would carry around with you? Those those still really work as long as they're um, tailored to the current position. And, uh, you know, it's not a, a letter of endorsement saying, you know, Christine's great at cooking and then I bring it to a, you know, trying to get a job with CAA. It has nothing to do with each other, right? But if it's a, you know, Christine's a really good communicator and I would suggest her to anyone, then yes, I would bring that to my to my. Uh, my resume. So I, I just wanted to err on caution of that line about the endorsements. Um, recommendation on LinkedIn are good because it's an individual person writing their thoughts about your work. But the plus one on social media, I'm just a little leery about those. So, right. Yeah. 
understandable. So those are all the points that I have. Yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, well, we will definitely link to this article um, on the blog, and we encourage everyone to go through them. And if you have anything to add, there are 10 points here, but if you've noticed something very different, um, you know, in, in today's job uh, job market, uh, you know, how is it different from when your your parents were, uh, were, were, were applying for jobs? We or grandparents. Or grandparents, yeah, because it, it's definitely changed. Like I said, my grandfather graduated, and he had like five people knocking on his door how how does that happen like who who does that anymore (laughs) no one has people knocking on their doors anymore but it was because he was you know one of the very few that actually had a phd and i mean we've talked about this and i'm sure we could have a whole other um episode on you know how more education doesn't necessarily mean that you're more qualified so so many things to talk about, but we will leave that for a, another episode. But if you have any uh, comments or ideas for future episodes, you can always email us at youngprpros at gmail.com or you can catch us on Facebook, on Google+, on LinkedIn, Pinterest, or you can catch us on Twitter at youngprpros, at Christine Simpson, and at Kim Julia. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week.